I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry, episode number 15. And uh, this week we were planning, you know, on starting a little fun segment uh, to begin the show. But the ACC dropped a bombshell and released uh, the schedules uh, for every team in the ACC. So, Sam, why don't you go ahead and read us off the Clemson schedule? So, for 2021-2022 Clemson football schedule, we start the season off with Georgia in Charlotte. It's a neutral game. And then we have South Carolina State, then Georgia Tech, then we have at NC State, then Boston College, Syracuse, at Pitt, Florida State, at Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, and then at South Carolina. Yeah, on the UNC side of things, uh, we start uh, at Virginia Tech against Georgia State, Virginia at Georgia Tech, Duke, Florida State, Miami at Notre Dame, Wake Forest at Pitt, Wofford, and at NC State. So, Sam, uh, just give me like your kind of your first uh, thoughts with the uh, the Clemson schedule this year. Well, I'd say uh, apart from Georgia, and then maybe some of the ACC games, it's kind of a lackluster schedule with South Carolina State and UConn. It's it's just more of the same. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I mean, like it. I really, unless outside of Georgia, I mean, I obviously I'm not do not know enough about college football right now to know what the recruiting scene looks like. Um, but outside of Georgia, I just do not see Clemson losing a game. Uh, but for UNC, this is gonna be, I wouldn't say the toughest schedule, um, but. Definitely, we lost to Florida State last year. Mac Brown obviously has struggled against his alma mater, never getting a win against them. Uh, we got to play Miami again, and uh, we did, we disrespected them pretty hard in our game against uh, them last year. A little bit running up the score a little bit, and obviously uh, at Notre Dame is going to be a tough one. But Sam, I just really think this Clemson schedule in ACC is just so weak because I think uh, when I think of the three contenders outside of Clemson, it's Miami, Notre Dame. And UNC and Clemson plays none of them, uh, but we will see uh, how this pans out. Yeah. But um, that's a long way away. Uh, but that's going to do it for this little uh, college football segment. Uh, coming up next, we'll give you our Super Bowl preview. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry in the biggest week, uh, arguably, you know, throughout the entire sports year. It is Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday. Uh, but first, we got some breaking, you know, trade proposals around the league. So, Sam, I know you know the big Clemson football fan. Uh, do you really want Deshaun Watson to go to the Panthers? Yeah, I think that'd be great because Matt Rule, I think, is a great young coach, and I think that there's a good supporting cast offensively, which he just does not have in Houston. 
So I think he could really succeed in Charlotte. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree. You know, a lot of people, you know, I think like four out of the six people we had for the Christmas special, you know, just slammed Teddy Bridgewater saying that um, he needed to go out. Um, but interesting to see how that plays out as, you know, five, I think five or six teams are trying to get Deshaun Watson right now. Uh, but in other news, uh, Matthew Stafford was traded for Jared Goff in a few picks. Uh, who do you think won this trade, Sam? Um, the Rams definitely won because Matthew Stafford did fairly well in Detroit. It's a very similar situation to Deshaun Watson. And I think that Jared Goff, who wasn't a great QB in the first place, will just not succeed in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel bad for Jared Goff. I mean, at least, you know, I never believed he was the greatest QB, but, I mean, that whole defense was just so good. I need a lot of supporting characters. So it was working out, and they contended, obviously making it the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But I really just think he's going to struggle. And I think the Rams instantly bumped up. Uh, I would say they definitely will be uh, have a really good chance to win the NFC next season. All right, but uh, the big thing on our minds, we've talked, we've alluded to it a little bit uh, throughout this NFL season. The NFL awards are, will be on Saturday night. Sam, who is your pick to win the MVP? I think it's still got to be Aaron Rodgers just because he had a phenomenal um, regular season. And then through the playoffs up until the NFC Championship, I just think he outshines everyone else. With the lackluster team. Yeah, I'm going to have to go in a different direction. I'm actually going to go with uh, Josh Allen. I mean, he just put up amazing numbers throughout the season. Had a similar record, as you said, to Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, the connection, I mean, leading that team to the record that he did, you know, when the defense really wasn't there and, you know, kind of revitalizing Stefan Diggs' career, I mean, he just played amazing throughout the entire season. So I think it's got to go to him. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to Mahomes either. So uh, we'll see who they pick. Um, but now for the Super Bowl preview, Super Bowl 55 is the Chiefs against the Buccaneers. It will be 6.30 p.m. Sunday night, as I said, on CBS in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. So, Sam, why don't you read us some of the fast facts before we get into the debate questions? So this is the first time that any team will play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And then the Chiefs are seeking to become the first team to win a Super Bowl in back-to-back seasons since the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. These two teams um, met in the regular season with the Chiefs winning 27-24 to in Tampa. Brady is seeking his seventh ring and the Buccaneers are seeking their second Super Bowl victory. And the Chiefs are looking for their third. Um, so, obviously, you know, a lot a lot to take in. Obviously, with every Super Bowl, there's some coincidences in there. Um, but I'm interested to see, you know, how many fans they will let in for the Super Bowl, how big of a factor that's going to play, because I definitely think it's going to affect the game a little bit. Um, but, Sam, who plays a bigger role in this game, Mahomes or Brady? Um, because the Kansas City Chiefs are so good, I think there's a wider margin of error for Mahomes. So I think Brady's going to have to come up big for the um, Buccaneers. 
I'm going to have to disagree with you here. Um, I think Tom Brady has had a plethora of weapons, you know, throughout the season. And he's really just dumping it off to these guys. Um, you know, I, I watched that NFC Championship game. He it was it was a complete team effort. But I really feel like pa- Patrick Mahomes, you know, when he gets in these big game situations, like you saw in last year's Super Bowl, you know, he kind of just took over the game, and that's really what propelled them uh, to victory. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. And so, Sam, you know, a little bit of heartbreak. Uh, you always had that Antonio Brown jersey. Uh, will you be cheering for the Buccaneers as Antonio is playing for the Buccaneers? No, I. That almost makes it more so that I'm cheering against the Buccaneers, just because I can't stand uh, Tom Brady or Antonio Brown after what Antonio Brown did to the Steelers. So no, I cannot cheer for the Buccaneers. Yeah, that whole uh, Le'Veon Bell Antonio Brown saga maybe deserves a whole. Uh, episode from us uh, but the line for this game yeah the Chiefs are a three-point favorite Sam if you're a betting man who are you taking as much as I hate to say it I have to go with the uh the Buccaneers just because you can never bet against Tom Brady uh I'm gonna have to disagree with you here I gotta go with the Chiefs um uh, I will talk about our score predictions in a moment but I really just don't think this game is going to be tight um, because, you know, both these teams are very offensively centric. So, I mean, I think it's just going to be a high-scoring game, um, and I just don't see those kind of games, you know, being within three points, and I think the Chiefs will win. Uh, but that leads right into my score prediction. And my prediction uh, for this game is Chiefs 41, Buccaneers 34. Sam, how about you? I'm going to go with Buccaneers 35, Chiefs 30. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I just just don't see that happening, Sam. You know, obviously, you know, throughout the season, the Buccaneers defense has kind of had to find itself a little bit. But – I just think there's no way that they only hold Patrick Mahomes 30 points in a game like this. Um, I think he'll fully be recovered and uh, yeah. from that concussion, obviously. But I think you saw a little bit in that uh, Bills game. You know, the Bills didn't have, had a little bit of an average defense, and Mahomes just tore them apart. It was just a blowout. So I definitely do not think that uh, Mahomes can be stopped. And that's why I'm picking the Chiefs to win this game. Uh, but that is going to do it for our Super Bowl preview. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win. We might do a little poll uh, on Instagram. Follow us at Carter and Lowry underscores between the words. Um, but that's going to do it. Uh, coming up next, we're going to bring in a special guest for a another crazy week in ACC basketball. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry, our college basketball segment. We have the man, the myth, the legend, our golf analyst, who is also a UNC Tar Heel fan, Reed Weichel. Reed, how's it going? It's going pretty well. All right. Um, let's get into this UNC game. Uh, I guess this UNC game this week. Um, UNC won 75-65 at Pitt on Tuesday. Armando Baycott continuing his excellent play with 21 points and 10 rebounds. Garrison Brooks also had a solid game. 
uh, with 16 points and six rebounds. Uh, Reed, what's the big takeaway for you from this game? Well, it's great to finally see a quarter one win, and I am pretty proud of the fact that even when um, Pittsburgh came back from what was honestly a pretty huge lead that the Tar Heels had, even when Pittsburgh tried to climb back, uh, Carolina held strong, and we ended up getting a double-digit win on the road, which always feels pretty good. Um, I'll take a look at the uh, bracketology for the moment. Uh, UNC is currently projected to be a number 10 seed. Uh, the no- number one overall seed in the country is Gonzaga. The last four in are Seton Hall, Maryland, Stanford, and Colorado State. The first four out are Richmond, Loyola, Chicago, Providence, and VCU. So, Sam, we look at this number 10 seed. Do you think the title should be uh, a better seed than that or a worse seed? Right now, I think it looks like they should be a better seed, maybe like a seven or eight seed just because of the the baseline defense and offense. I think that they should be higher. Yeah, I got to agree with you here. Um, you know, you look at a team like Clemson, who is currently an eight seed. I mean, we'll get to Clemson later, but I mean, <laughs> they've got blown out by some teams this year. Um, but, um, yeah. Ari, what do you think? Do the Tar Heels deserve a better seed or a worse seed? Uh, based off of our body of work right now, I do think the 10 seed is a pretty good spot to be in. Um, like I mentioned, we only have that one quarter one win, and obviously that could go up as we have a much harder schedule there at the end, and I think we'll win quite a few of those games. But for what we are right now, I think 10 seed is about what we deserve. All right, um, excuse me, Sam, tell us about some uh, notable ACC games this week. So this past week in the ACC, we saw Florida State absolutely demolish Miami 81-59 to on Wednesday. Virginia Tech also beat Notre Dame on Wednesday. Then we saw on Saturday, Duke demolished Clemson. Neither of those teams are ranked, but I just had to talk about it. Then we saw Georgia Tech upset Florida State by 11 on Saturday. Virginia Tech upsets Virginia. And then we saw that Louisville got postponed against Boston College. And then that's it. Uh, Sorry about that. We had to do that on the fly because I made some mistakes, uh, but we rolled through it. So, uh, talking about some ranked teams in the ACC of Virginia, they did fall to number 14 after that loss, as Sam mentioned. Uh, Virginia Tech is now the 16th in the country at 9-2, and two, and Florida State is 20th in the country at 10-3. and three. And so, I'll ask this to read first. Who do you have winning in college basketball's greatest rivalry this Saturday, Duke or UNC? Well... It is in Durham. However, based off of the way that Duke has been playing, despite the fact that they just got a big win against Clemson, I think that UNC is going to eke out a really close one. And despite neither team being ranked, I think this is going to be a very, very good matchup and one of the best ones of the weekend. Um, As both of these teams really, really want to win this, I think UNC will do it maybe by three or four points. All right, Sam, what do you think? Although Duke is a talented team and they've hit a streak, 
I got to go with my Tar Heels just because of that strong defense. So, yeah, I got to go with my Tar Heels. Yeah, I'll have to agree with the both of you here. Um, you know, the interior defense, as Sam mentioned, and uh, the more consistency we're seeing from guys like R.J. Davis and uh, Caleb Love really made me believe this team is taking a turn for the better. And uh, But this is a critical point in any season, but especially this season, you know, finally at a decent record at 6-3 and three in the ACC. You know, now we're the four seed in the ACC. Things are looking up. we got to keep capitalizing. Oh, but big games on the road this week for the Tar Heels with, with going to Clemson and Duke. Uh, but that's going to do it for this segment of Carter and Lowry. Uh, Reed and Sam, any final thoughts? Nope, not from here. All right, uh, sounds good. And uh, Next up, we're going to be breaking down a wild week in the NBA, including some weird games from the Nets. All right, welcome back. Carter and Lowry, and we're back again with the Hornets. We had a bit of a lucrative week, uh, going two and one on the week and improving to nine eleven overall. Uh, they lost the Pacers and they beat the Bucks and the Pacers. Um, some really great games. You know, we really stepped it up on offense. Um, I think everything just kind of started clicking. Uh, you're seeing, you know, Gordon Hayward and obviously Lamelo. Those new pieces are kind of starting to find their way in the, into the offense. Uh, but next week, uh, as we're recording this on Monday, we do not know what happened in the Heat game. Uh, but I'll probably put that in the description. Uh, the six, we played the Sixers on Wednesday, who are red hot. We played the Jazz on Friday, who are um, red hot as well. We played the Wizards on Sunday, who really aren't that great. And we play the Rockets uh, next Monday, who are also are not that great. Uh, but Sam, give us our Player of the Week. So our Player of the Week this week is LaMelo Ball, who's off to a hot start with his career-high 27 points against the Bucks on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I really would have liked, obviously, you know, I'm not going to trade for recording time for just for this, but uh, Terry Rozier did sprain his ankle in the game against the uh, Bucks, so LaMelo really filled in, and, you know, you saw what happened. He scored 27 points, and the Hornets went by 12 against uh, the back-to-back reigning MVP. So uh, we'll see if he gets the start on um, this tonight. So, But uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but we had a couple of huge highlights this week. Uh, LaMelo Ball posterized DeMontis Sabonis, you know, as a little bit of an over-the-back rebound dunk. And uh, Cody Zeller posterizes, like I said, reigning back-to-back MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um you, know, you can find videos of that. You know, just type in Hornets or on Instagram or whatever, and I'm sure you can find that. Uh, but some amazing plays, and it just kind of demonstrates the energy that this uh, team is showing uh, in its early part of the season. Uh, but for our top dogs in the East, the 76ers are in the first spot. The Nets are in the second spot. The Bucks are in the third seed, and the Pacers are in the fourth seed. Uh, Sam, what's going on out West? So we got the Clippers in first at 16 and 5, the Jazz in second at 15 and 5, the Lakers in third at 15 and 6 after a lull, and the Nuggets are in fourth at 12 and 8. Um, the leader in the league in points is Bradley Beal at 34.9. Uh, Sam, who's leading the league in rebounds? 
Andre Drummond is still leading the league in rebounds at 15.1 rebounds a game. Uh, and James Harden is leading the league in assists uh, at 11.1 assists per game with his new team, you know, with his weapons of Kyrie and uh, KD. You know, he's dishing the ball incredibly. But that segues, segues us right into our debate question. So twice this season, the Nets have allowed almost 150 points to average to bad teams. And that's a little bit, I mean, if you don't really follow the NBA, I mean, that's just terrible. Sam, do you think that's a sign of things to come and that the, their defense just won't hold up in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Against great teams that, I mean, if if the teams that they're playing have great defenses and they can't score like they're allowing teams to score, then they're just going to fail. Yeah, I got to agree with you here. Um you know, like the, the old adage says, defense wins championships. And, I mean, everybody shoots poor in the playoffs. Scoring goes down. And so those tight situation game situations, you need defense, and this team just does not have it. They're going to have to make a trade because the loss of Jared Allen, which is too much on the handle, their entire defense has fallen apart. They're trying to play Kevin Durant at the five. It's not working. They need to do something because Steve Nash, you know, he's done pretty well. Uh, in his first year as a coach, obviously leading this team to the two seed, even though they had to move so many pieces. So I gave respect to him. But, I mean, when you got Kevin Durant starting at center, I mean, what are you supposed to do defensively? Uh, but we'll see how, these thing, how that team uh, shakes out. And uh, that is going to be it uh, for this episode of Carter and Larry. But we do want to mention, uh, if you want to hear a little bit of the backstory of Carter and Larry and uh, get to know us a little bit better, our church's Beyond Baptism podcast uh, this Thursday we'll have an episode featuring us, so uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, Sam, any final thoughts? No. Nope. All right, uh, that's going to do it, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Carter and Lowry. Special thanks to our listeners and our producer, Buzzsprout.